I will try to get through uh, some prepared uh, remarks, or scrawled remarks, and then I'm happy, obviously, to elaborate on them. But uh, as befits a, um, uh, a talk at the Center for Ethics, I thought I would actually talk about what I see to be four ethical dimensions of where we're at now, where we've been for some time on this issue, sort of political ethics. Um, and I want to start with the, um, the Liberal Party's electoral reform promise, so everybody knows it, it reads as follows. We will make every vote count. We are committed to ensuring that 2015 will be the last federal election conducted under the first-past-the-post voting system. We will convene an all-party parliamentary committee to review a wide variety of reforms, such as ranked ballots, proportional representation, mandatory voting, and online voting, which is exactly the committee that Ruby uh, uh, Mr. Sahoda served on. And then this committee will deliver its recommendations, which happened, to Parliament, and then within 18 months of forming government, uh, we will introduce legislation to enact electoral reform, which puts them in uh, early May, in mid-May, uh, after because it's 18 months from October 19th, 2015. So that situates us. And I wanted to talk about um, having been in the middle of this kind of process and knowing what kinds of tensions uh, arise when one is trying to both do good and be real. Um, the, the the four ethical dimensions are ethics of promise making ethics of uh, language appropriation slash spin, uh, ethics of political positioning, and ethics of decision. So on the ethics of promise, I think it's, it's important to just, uh, I don't think we ask this question enough and we, do, we don't have clear enough answers as a, as a political culture. What is the moral status of electoral uh, platform promises in the real world of politics? So. Um, I, I wrote a couple pieces in Rabble uh, on this uh, about six months ago, uh, and it's, it's not something I have clear answers on, but we can distinguish between broken promises, which is the promise was made sincerely, and it's been broken. What reasons and circumstances can be given for that? Um, uh, secondly, false promises. Uh, promises not intended to be kept at all. And then thirdly, deceptive promises, which may be partly what we're dealing with uh, here, maybe not. Promises that could be written, for example, so people read or hear X, even when in a lawyer-like way, if you read it, it actually says Y. Or promises that are double-voiced, where group one hears one promise and group two hears another, okay? So I just want to set that up as, as a kind of a, we have to think about what, what kind of promises we're dealing with. Secondly, uh, ethics of appropriation or spin. So let me trace a quick history for you of the phrase, make every vote count, uh, to show its general use uh, in throughout recent Canadian political and even academic history to refer to proportional representation, whatever family or form of proportional representation. You can go back to 1999, a, a book by Henry Milner called Making Every Vote Count uh, as a kind of a starting point. Uh, around 2000, the group Fair Vote Canada was formed, and it became their uh, motto or slogan, literally, make every vote count, and their only raison d'etre is proportional representation. Um, when I was Democratic reform critic, uh, a tour across the country for a good 18 months, a and a campaign that really went along with it, uh, to try to get Canadians interested in the lead-up to the election so that when we, we promised what we were going to promise, that people would know what we were talking about, and we'd have a sense whether people were there and ready for PR. And we titled the, the, the whole campaign, Make Every Vote Count. 
And then we have the liberal campaign promise. Uh, the top line, as I just read to you, we will make every vote count. 